0: Welcome back to another episode. I am Keeler Bryson, your host and founder of Teachable Life Moments. When I was a child, I had a terrible time swallowing pills. And according to the American Academy of Pediatrics, most children start swallowing pills around the age of 10. For me, it wasn't until I got pregnant with my oldest child that I learned how to swallow pills. I learned because I was kind of forced to learn because you know I wanted to make sure that I was going to deliver a healthy baby. So that meant I had to learn how to swallow those large prenatal vitamins. And those of you that have ever had to take those vitamins, you know what I mean. <laughs> um, up until then, I had a bad case of dysphagia, which is the medical term for difficulty swallowing or swallowing problems. I remember having to cut pills in half, and then there were times I would grind them into powder in an attempt to swallow them. You know, in an attempt to try to make it easier to get it down. Um, When I finally learned how to swallow pills, it was because of a little trick I learned. Finally, one day, I um, made a breakthrough with swallowing pills. So what I would do is I would eat something first, and then I would put the pill in my mouth, and then take a sip of water, and then swallow it. My theory on this was, since my throat was already swallowing you know, food, mentally, it seemed to me that it would be easier to swallow the pill. Um, I mean, after all, I wasn't scared to swallow food. I wasn't afraid of choking or any of that in swallowing food. So I was thinking, why is it so challenging for me to swallow this pill? Now, I know that may sound weird of how I was sitting there just really trying to figure this thing out and analyzing it. But at the end, it worked for me. And as I look back now at that, I can laugh at it. I can see growth. You know, um, but I wonder what was uh, the problem? Why did I take myself through all of that torture and just the frustration of being afraid to swallow a pill? You know, my fear was that I thought I might choke and thereby die. (laughs) And as a result, I would uh, either alter the medicines in a way that made it easier to swallow or sometimes I would just downright refuse to take medicine at all because I was like, I'm just not gonna be able to do it. But luckily, the birth of my child taught me how to, um, you know, overcome this situation and not let it overcome me. But you know, it just this makes you think: Why was it so difficult to swallow a pill that would bring preventive care and healing? Whether, you know, it was a pill for headache or whatever the pill was for. Why was it so difficult to swallow something that was there to help me? Have you ever found it hard to swallow a pill? Or do you know anybody that was like me or is like me that, you know, I know I run across people every now and then, even now that are afraid to swallow a pill and I have so much compassion and understanding <laughs> toward that situation. So, But I said all of that because today I wanna talk to you about four pills that can sometimes be hard to swallow as it relates to life. And as a, as a result of this being difficult to swallow, you know, it's preventing healing. For many of us it, it may be preventing healing in you and as you listen to what I'm about to say it may be preventing healing in someone that you know but I want to talk about these four pills to kind of give you something to think about uh, because if we're having a challenge swallowing the pills of life or certain pills of life you know it's going to prevent some healing it's going to um create additional problems in, in our lives because this podcast, part of our mission is to provide content that will lead us toward manifesting a happy, healthy, and harmonious life. And in order to manifest that, in order for that to become our reality, we uh, have to do a lot of internal work. And I have found that out over these past several years that the best life usually manifests after we've done a lot of that deep soul internal work within ourselves because sometimes self can be our biggest enemy. So the first pill that I want to talk about is um, admitting you're not okay. Admitting you are not okay. Do you do that? Or do you know somebody who does that? They don't admit that they are not okay. And you would think it would be easy to admit when we're not okay. But for some people, it's hard to swallow the pill of admitting they're not okay. Um, And I think that it's because we don't want to be seen as weak or needy. Uh, We sometimes may be embarrassed by admitting we're not as strong as we're perceived to be. And then we may think that if we admit that we need help, that it may be a sign that um, we're incompetent or we're not capable. And we may think if people start thinking that about us that maybe they'll lose respect for us, especially if we know that they are looking up to us or had such um, high regard and respect for us. And and some of that regard and high respect may not be um, realistic and healthy. And so as a result, we don't want to always admit that we're not okay. Um, Sometimes we don't want to admit that we're not okay because it may hurt the other person's feeling if we really admit that we're not okay because then it forces us to go into the whole conversation of sharing with them why we're not okay because we it could be because of something they've done that they're not aware that they've done um So, a lot of people to avoid all of that and to confront the issue head on uh, or to prevent a fallout, people will instead say, I'm okay. And then basically, what they're doing is putting on a mask and then they get into their Academy award winning character of, I'm okay. And they hide how they really feel. And but the problem with this is when people do this, they end up suffering in the long run. I don't know if you've ever done it. If you have, if you look back and think back over the situation in the end or somewhere down the line, you suffered. And it could be you suffered in a way because you were hurt and you didn't reveal that you were not okay and people thought you were okay and they're just going on about their lives all happy and giddy and excited and but you're secretly stuck in that place of whatever they did or whatever happened of not being okay. So when we don't express the truth about it, we end up suffering. And a lot of times that suffering is done alone. And it's done alone because we were not truthful. We did not tell the truth about how we're not okay. Um, And because we told them, and then the thing is we told them that we were okay. Um, And when we find out that, oh my God, everybody thinks I'm okay. And then you wonder how could they not see that I'm not okay? Well, it's because you told them that you were. And you know what? You're such an Academy Award winning actress or actor until you fooled them well. You really got into character and you made them believe that you were okay. And in many cases, when we don't tell the truth about this, we end up becoming sick Sometimes, you know, literally sick, uh, with depression, we become suicidal and sometimes having homicidal thoughts and feelings because we feel like I need to get these people back or I need to do something to advocate for myself, you know, and at that point you're angry because you didn't tell the truth. You have been festering with anger, disappointment, and just frustration And um, so these thoughts come up on you. These are not healthy thoughts. And it's all because you did not admit you were okay. Um, So what is the easiest way to swallow the pill of admitting that you're not okay? First, you've got to remember to always, always, always honor yourself. So many times we dishonor ourselves to get along. Uh, because we don't want to rock the boat. But when you think about it, people are rocking your boat and they will continue to rock your boat because you will not admit that you are not okay. So honor yourself. Be honest. Be honest. And confess when you are not okay. There needs to be a movement of confession where we become comfortable confessing and those that are listening become comfortable and non-judgmental with hearing what our confessions are you know because if we don't people will continue to go through this cycle of not admitting that they're okay and then as a result of not being able to swallow this pill they're not getting well they're becoming worse and After you have, you know, been honest, you've confessed that you're not okay, next, feel the emotion of not being okay. Because a lot of times when we're not okay, we try to quickly sweep it under the rug, suppress our true emotions. We don't honor them, we try to pack them down, and then as a result, we end up you know just feeling bitter and angry and just folks And it is difficult for folks to get along with us we're snappy you know we're cranky we're irritable and it's because those emotions have been suppressed and they're almost like they're screaming to be expressed and to be voiced so feel the emotion process it process everything that has happened understand why you're not okay. Who made who is who are, are the cause of you not being okay and you know, process that. Let yourself feel it and process it mentally. And then allow time to recover back to being okay. Sometimes, you know, we try to rush things too quickly when it's a deep matter. You know, this is an internal matter and some things you just can't quickly recover you've got to allow yourself to go through the process of recovery. It's just like when you go to the hospital and have any type of surgery, they allow you to uh, wait in the recovery room so that you can recover from what you've just gone through. So allow yourself to go through that process. It's okay to admit that you are not okay. And uh, when you do that, it teaches folks... To be more conscious of making sure, you know, you and others that they come into contact with are okay. People pretend so much until it's like we're in a society now where people don't really care if you're okay or not. Because so many times people say, I'm okay. I'm okay. When inside, you know you're not. The next pill that can be hard to swallow is... Number two, learning to accept change. Hmm. You know, it happens all the time. So why is it so hard to accept it? Um, change is inevitable. And therefore, we must learn to accept it because we are going to experience it, encounter it you know, a whole lot in this lifetime. Change can be good because it enables progress. It enables growth. You know, nobody wants to stay in, you know, certain situations forever. If you're in a bad place right now or a place where you don't want to be, you know, at this moment, I'm sure you're ready for change. (laughs) But sometimes when we are going through changes of life, they can be turbulent and and hard to accept, especially if it is an involuntary change. Um, Things that we didn't have any say-so in or things that we didn't have any control of, those can be hard to accept uh, because it caught us off guard. Especially if it was like unexpected and you have uh, just no warning. You're trying to fight your way through something that is so traumatic and just so emotionally draining because of this change. Especially if it's if it's deemed a, a bad change or a change that's, you know, uh, negative negative. It's hard to accept that change. But the easiest way to swallow this pill that I have found is to live life unattached. And by this, I mean live life in a mindset that nothing really belongs to us or you. Think about that. At the end of the day, nothing really belongs to us. When it's time for us to leave here, we can't take any of the stuff that we think that we own with us. It has to stay here. So nothing really truly belongs to us. It all belongs to God. And as a result, it is his prerogative to author the changes of our life. The changes of this world. Change. And, and, you know, and if we really believe that and if we really, really embrace that, then we know that we can trust that all things will work out, you know, for our good in some way. And so if you struggle with change, learn to just live unattached, not in a careless way, but in a way where you can still have peace of mind regardless of whatever state you find yourself in. Um, because things will change. And if you don't learn to accept change, you're going to always be up in an uproar. You're going to always be frustrated. Sometimes you just have to stop and inhale real good and just, just let it out. And sometimes, you know, you just have to let it go because truly and honestly, there are some things that we just do not have control over. And one thing, another thing that I have learned is that life is not happening to me. It is happening for me. And when you know that it's happening for you, you know that, okay, it's working for my good. This is getting me from point A to M to Z. Because Life is about growth, life is about change, and in order to get to where we need to be, you know, in order to get to our happy place, in order to get to our healthy place, in our harmonious place, we're gonna go through a series of changes. The third pill that can be hard to swallow is the pill of asking for help. Hmm, if you're needing help, How can you get it without asking for it? You know, a lot of folks make the mistake of thinking others should offer it without them having to ask. And then they get mad when no one offers to help. The problem with this is that most people are not mind readers. Therefore, they are unable to read your mind for needing help. Isn't that hilarious? you need help you won't ask for it and then you get mad when people don't offer it that is so funny to me but people do it every day you know it happens you can see the dynamics of it you see it in your you know at home or when chores are being done or you see it in the workplace or whatever Uh, organization you serve a volunteer you at some point or another you're gonna see this scenario happen you know if you need help ask for help ask it's so it's so simple i had a manager years ago he was he taught us and trained us that if you ever need help with something he said always put it in a way of asking people, hey, can you help me? I need your help with something. He said when you word it that way, you're more likely to get help because most people are willing to help. But if you don't ask, you shall not receive. (laughs) You know, you've got to ask for what you want. You've got to ask for what you need. And if you need help, ask. And you would be surprised how much help comes forth once you just ask. Because nobody, you know, most good hearted people don't want to see a person suffer with doing something when they have the capacity or the ability or the wherewithal to help. You know, why do we do this? Why do we not ask for help? Are you the type of person that asks for help easily? Or are you reluctant to ask for help? Or are you of the mindset thinking nobody's going to help you? Nobody wants to help you. Why do people do this? Why? We live in a world where there are billions of people on this planet. And just just on your street, there are several people that live on your street. There are several people that work on your job wherever you work. There are several people at whatever religious institution you um, serve or attend. There is an abundance of help in this country, in this world. Somebody out there will help you. So as I asked before, why? Why do we sometimes struggle with swallowing the pill of asking for help? Perhaps it's because we have too much pride. You know what that is. You know, you just don't want to ask because your pride will not let you ask for help. You feel that it's beneath you to have to ask somebody for help. You know, and we know that pride is a dangerous thing. It's unhealthy. You know, if you don't, there's a such thing as a a healthy pride, and then there's a such thing as an unhealthy pride. And that unhealthy pride is what will kill you. And it's something that this pill, number three, wants us to take a look at. Are we too prideful to ask for help? Are we worried what others might think? Are we worried the person may say no? No. Well, if they do say no, somebody just ask somebody else. That person, if they say no, then they're not your help. Perhaps people are worried. Others might look down on them for being in need. Some people look at asking for help as being like a charitable case. And so they would rather hurt themselves, stress themselves out before they will ask for help. You know, and as a result, you know, if you don't ask for help, there's a saying that that goes like this. A closed mouth does not get fed. And so you've got to open your mouth and let people know you need help. you got to open your mouth and ask for what you want. And right now you need help. <laughs> um, everybody needs a group that they can go to and that they know has their back. And... There have been times when I have had to ask help of somebody that I did not know at all. I had to ask for maybe the help of a complete stranger. And even in that, they were willing to help me. Yes, they were willing to help. So as I said, most people are willing to help. If you don't ask for help, you're going to end up hungry. You know, you don't have any food (laughs) and you know you need some food. If you don't ask somebody, you're gonna be hungry, you're gonna be sick, you know, you're gonna be overwhelmed. Uh, Overwhelmed because first of all, whatever you're doing is too much to handle and so you need help. If you know that you need to pick up, um, let's say this big box, and this box is so big, one person cannot carry it, but you're gonna struggle with it, you're gonna overwhelm yourself, Or if you know you got a big project that's really a 10-person project and you're going to try to do it all, you're going to hurt yourself, you're going to burn out, you're going to be overwhelmed, and then you're going to be sick because you stressed your body out and it began to break down due to all the stress and and, um, work and strain that you put on your body. Ask for help. If you don't, you're going to be broke, you know, because you're not asking for some assistance from somebody. If you don't ask for help, you're going to be walking because of your car is in the shop or it broke down on you and you know you got to go to work the next day. If you don't ask somebody, you're going to be walking or calling, you know, <clears throat> you're going to have to call Uber. Even in that, you've got to ask, "Can you come pick me up, Uber?" Sometimes we find it easier asking them than the person that we know, you know, and but the person we know, they'll help because they know you like nobody else. If we don't ask for help, we're going to end up angry because we're going to be like, why isn't anybody helping me? I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I've done everything. Well, you're angry because you're tired and therefore you're snappy and irritable and cranky. If you don't ask for help, you're going to fail. And you know why? Because some things is just too much for one person to manage. And because you tried to do it all when it really when you needed a team, your project will end up failing because you didn't ask for help. And especially if you need some experts on whatever you're working on or maybe you need um, someone that is knowledgeable or, or experienced in something that you're working on. Ask for help. A lot of times it can save you so much time and so you know, prevent you from having to take some unnecessary steps. Ask for help. The best way to swallow this pill is to humble yourself. Because if you have an issue with being too prideful to ask for help, then that means you need to humble yourself. You know, to ask for help. Something so simple. And then once someone helps you, Pay it forward. Do a good turn to the next person. Look for someone else to help. And if we all do that, it'll just make, you know, it'll send off a domino effect of just uh, making the world a better place. Number four. Our last step is allowing yourself to feel your emotions. Wow, this is a biggie. Um, According to the noted neurologist Antonio Damasio, joy or sorrow can emerge only after the brain registers physical changes in the body. Certain feelings are cornerstones to our survival, yes. And that's why we need to express them. Because if we don't, you know, it's going to make it challenging to survive. And I'll go into detail about that in a few minutes. Our internal emotional regulatory process not only preserves our lives, but it actually shapes our greatest accomplishments. Therefore, it is important to allow yourself to process and experience your feelings. If we don't, allow ourselves to feel our emotions. It prevents our body, our brain from registering physical changes. And when the body can't register physical changes over time, that suppression of how Uh, of our emotions and not letting ourselves feel it begins to take a toll on the body. And what happens when we don't allow ourselves to feel emotions, what we do, we try to numb them. We try to act like, you know, I'm not hurt. I'm not, um, you know, I'm not disappointed. You know, I'm not angry. I'm not frustrated. Some people literally walk around and they don't express their emotions. And as a result, they're numb inside. It's like they are just dead inside. It hardens the heart. You see people like that? They just hard people. And it's because they are not letting their emotions flow. Um, This makes me think of a scene in the movie The Grinch. And there is a scene where the Grinch is you know going through a little conniption fit so to speak he's falling he's jerking and like he's having some sort of seizure and then finally you see his little heart there be be, uh, beating and it is is such a funny scene because the Grinch was such a mean guy and hateful but he grew a heart and it started beating and But prior to the heart, he was just difficult to get along with. Just just bitter and mean and just grumpy and just hateful. And that is what happens when we numb our emotions and when we suppress them. And according to this neurologist, he's saying that you cannot numb sadness and not also numb happiness and joy. So in other words, if you're trying to numb your sadness, you're going to also numb your happiness and joy. He said that we cannot have selective numb emotions. Using negative behaviors to avoid your feelings may help you experience less sadness and anger, but they also stop you from feeling happiness and joy. So that's why it is important for us to allow ourselves to feel our emotions. If we are struggling with our emotions, it often leads to more suffering. You know, we try to fight that feeling, but it just gets worse and worse. It's like trying to put a Band-Aid on a gaping wound. You know, a Band-Aid is not the appropriate treatment or the appropriate care for a gaping wound. I mean, you might feel better temporarily, Uh, But this is not a fix for the underlying problem. You've got to figure out, how do I feel about this? Am I angry? If you're angry, express that. Let yourself feel that. That's healthy. Um, We see in the news all the time where people snap. Now, when you think about that, people snapping and going in on a shooting spree so to speak these people didn't just get to that point like just in that day a lot of times it has been a buildup it's been a buildup of from admitting from not admitting that they're not okay uh you know lying like you're okay when you're not it's been a buildup of um not allowing yourself to feel your true emotions And over time, people like that explode. Over time, they snap. And then when you hear those that live, those that are survivors of the situation, they'll talk highly of the person, saying how great of a person they were, a great worker, kind and loving. But then you see, on this other side, they committed this heinous act. And you're like, it's like they're talking about two different people. And it's because I believe these people were holding in a whole lot of things, just numbing themselves on a daily basis. And as a result, it's like the, you go into overload and one day when this one last thing happened that sends them over the edge. You know, we we've got to get rid of these negative coping strategies to numb our emotions. Because in the long run, it only makes us feel worse it makes us. Uh, it causes us to to um, not experience the happy, healthiness, and harmony of life because there's a lot of toxicity going on internally within us, and we've got to dig all that stuff out um, and figure out ways to treat ourselves in a way that we are whole. We don't feel abused and taken advantage of and it's because we've learned how to properly swallow you know all of these these pills that we're going over today Um, when we talk about allowing ourselves to feel emotions we've got to remember that processing and experiencing our feelings is a part of having a full life I think sometimes people think that You know, when you have negative emotions that you should be ashamed of them and that you should hide them and and not let people know when you're angry or you're sad or when you're depressed. All of that is a normal part of having a full life. A full life, emphasis on full means the good with the bad. We just can't have all good. I mean, a full life involves all of that and it helps us to appreciate Each scenario, when you have bad times, it helps you to appreciate those good times when they come come around. You know, when you look at people with eating disorders, those with addictions, those who are workaholics or people with sex addictions, you know, they can tell you trying to run from your emotions is exhausting. It is because you're constantly trying. I mean, those emotions will come up because we're human. And people like that in those categories are always trying to find something to help them cope with that emotion. But we need to honor that emotion, we need to process it, embrace it, and don't try to suppress it because I'm telling you, it will cause you to be to turn into a person that we see on the news that have done some heinous crime, and we don't want to get to that point, we want to be whole. So that we can live the the healthy, happy, and harmonious life that we so deserve. Um, hurt, frustration, pain, sadness, anger—all of that are natural and healthy parts of the human experience. Although most people are not going to volunteer to experience hurt, most people are not volunteering to experience frustration, pain sad. most of us are trying to stay away from it. I mean, we're like running away from it. We're trying to do all we can, not to have to experience that if we don't have to. But in all actuality, it is a part of the human experience. It's normal. But when we try to suppress these emotions, in the long run it's going to we are not going to be able to thrive like we should. You know why? We could be in leadership and then that stuff will start seeping out and leaking over into uh, your call to be a leader. You won't be able to be a great and effective leader that creates more leaders because all of your suppressed emotions Is leaking over and damaging your relationships because every now and then you know you'll lash out at somebody or you'll snap at somebody or raise your voice at some of one of your employees, and it's because you suppress those emotions and you haven't really dealt with them. And as a leader, you suck because you got some internal healing that needs to take place. If you are a wife or a husband, same thing. If we don't get in touch with our emotions, we won't be able to thrive because these um, these suppressed emotions, I'm telling you, they will pop up and embarrass you. And oh my goodness, and have folks where they like afraid of you at that point because they saw a side of you they did not know was there. And so we need to figure out and identify, first of all, if we have some suppressed emotions. Do you have any that you know you're suppressing? Do you have emotions that you know you're not, you know, you packed it away and hid it in the closet and so to speak, because you're not ready to deal with it? Is it like unforgiveness or is it anger? Is it hatred, bitterness, What, whatever, jealousy, whatever it is. You know, we want to unpack it, pull it out, set it all out in front of you so you can see it because you don't want it to hinder you because uh, it will, you know, to prevent you from thriving at the capacity that you could be thriving. Um, as I said, these emotions are part of the human experience. You know, we got to have pleasant ex- emotions and experiences as well as unpleasant. You know, it would be great to only experience the pleasant things of life, the pleasant emotion, but that's not how this life is. Now, the easiest way to swallow this pill is, first of all, stop beating yourself up for feeling sad and anxious and scared and and whatever else emotions. Stop beating yourself up and know that those emotions are normal. It's normal. And then... Instead of beating yourself up with all those harsh words or whatever, you know, because we have a lot of self, uh, some unhealthy self-talk at times. And uh, but we need to flip that and start saying gentle things to ourselves. Start saying compassionate things to ourselves. you know, give ourselves some compassion. Because life is not always easy. And the last person that needs to be beating us up and putting us down and dogging us out is ourselves. If no one else loves on you properly, supports you, give you that acts of compassion, it should be you. If nobody else does it, it, you should. Because nobody else knows you like you know yourself. You know, speak kind of yourself. Stop beating yourself up. You know, engage in compassionate acts of self care. You know, if you know you have some emotional issues, seek professional help if you feel that you're at that level. Or if family members that you trust, if they notice something about your emotions and they see that, you know, you may need to go get some anger management or something. You know, don't take it personally. If these are people that love you, you know, you can trust their opinion. Heed their, their call. If your partner tells you that you have a sex addiction and, you know, go seek help on that. Because sex addiction is usually a sign of uh, it's like a coping, an unhealthy coping strategy of a deeper issue. So, you know, take the time out to see about yourself. Be compassionate, get yourself the proper treatment, you know, so that you can thrive, so that you can be healthy and not only just you, but those around you are happy and healthy and harmonious when they're in your presence and when they're around you and when you all are engaged in each other's lives because you are well because you've learned how to swallow those pills that can be hard to swallow. All right. This is Keeler Bryson and you have been listening to the Teachable Life Moments with Keeler Bryson podcast. You can follow me on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook if you haven't already done. So be sure to rate and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Teachable Life Moment. And thank you for listening.